the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russian ally Belarus engages in combat readiness drills. The Belarus Defense Ministry says in a statement that the exercises which began today were intended to check the troops' readiness and capabilities. The investigation into who leaked the draft opinion on the Supreme Court case continues. Someone who was not happy with the majority opinion, so that means that it is limits the universe of likely candidates. Democrats seek to codify abortion protections. They may have the majority on the U.S. Supreme Court, but we have the people on our side. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, May 6th. I'm Mike Scott. Belarus, a close ally of Russia, announced its military would engage in large-scale combat readiness drills. According to a report by The Independent, Ukraine's border guard says it is prepared for the possibility that Belarus could enter the war. However, Belarus's defense ministry is insisting the military exercises pose no threat to neighboring countries. Meantime, another 344 people have been rescued from the besieged city of Mariupol in a second evacuation operation. Volodymyr Zelensky confirmed in his latest national address. However, the Ukrainian president said civilians would need to be dug from bunkers by hand under the steelworks as heavy equipment cannot be used. Russia has said it will implement a ceasefire for three days to allow civilian evacuations from the plant in Mariupol. However, Ukraine has claimed Russia resumed its offensive on the besieged city in order to take control of that plant, saying heavy fighting continues. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says the U.S. is helping Ukraine to the extent that it can. We do not provide intelligence on the location of senior military leaders on the battlefield or participate in the targeting decisions of the Ukrainian military. The Ukrainians have, quite frankly, a lot more information than we do. Kirby says that includes passing along intelligence to Ukrainian officials. We do provide them useful intelligence, timely intelligence, that allows them to make decisions to better defend themselves against this invasion. Kirby protested... Russian conversations about the use of nuclear weapons. It is uniformly unhelpful and irresponsible uh, for, for the Russians uh, uh, to regard and speak to, uh, uh, boast about uh, uh, their nuclear weaponry. There's no reason to bring it to that level. Fox News's Griff Jenkins discussed the military exercises of Belarus in his interview with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and the ongoing evacuation of the steel plant 
in Mariupol. Now, the Belarus Defense Ministry says in a statement that the exercises, which began today, were intended to check the troops' readiness and capabilities and to, quote, assess their ability to act in an unknown terrain in a rapidly changing situation. When Jenkins asked President Zelensky about his thoughts on Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov calling him a Nazi, the Ukrainian president speaking through an interpreter had this to say. These are the in- showings of uh, chauvinism and, and nationalism. They are um, following the same uh, concept um, of cables and they're using the same methodology. And the reaction, I think, is still weak in the world um, to these phrases of Lavrov. Jenkins also asked President Zelensky for an update on the evacuation from the city of Mariupol. Mariupol, we asked for an update. He says that about 130 to 160 civilians did get out initially, but now, because Russia is continuing to shell and attack uh, Mariupol, they're not able to continue that humanitarian corridor. In fact, he's asking the UN Secretary General to get involved again to try and get people out of that Azov steel, uh, steel plant. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said he is accepting an apology from Russian President Vladimir Putin for controversial remarks about the Holocaust made by Moscow's top diplomat. The two leaders talked over the phone, after which an Israeli statement said Putin had apologized. However, the Russian statement about the call made no mention of an apology. Instead, It said they emphasized the importance of marking the Nazi defeat in World War II, which Russia celebrates on Monday. Ambassador and historian Michael Oren spoke with the Salem Radio Network. He touched on the National Day of Remembrance. It's really the only unique Israeli holiday. You know, Israel Independence Day is celebrated by Jewish communities around the world, but no one really marks Memorial Day the way we will mark Memorial Day. Uh, the entire country uh, goes into mourning for 24 hours. Orrin explains to the Salem Radio Network what's unique about the Israeli Day of Remembrance. It's deeply moving because we have all lost uh, friends and relatives in Israel's wars, um, victims of terror, uh, and we pay homage. We, we, we go into this deep mourning. And the extraordinary thing is that at 8 o'clock at night, the next night, we go immediately into ecstatic celebration of Israel's uh, independence. We go from this one from radical mourning to radical <laughs> to ecstatic celebration. Uh, I don't know anything like it. The Day of Remembrance comes amidst another attack that left three killed and four wounded in what Israeli authorities are calling a terror attack. Chief Justice John Roberts is ordering an investigation into the leak of a Supreme Court draft opinion on abortion and has tasked a relatively unknown court official to carry out what could be one of the most high-profile investigations in decades. The marshal of the Supreme Court has now undertaken that investigation to try and identify the source of the leak, a nearly unprecedented breach of protocol that sent shockwaves through the court and the nation's legal communities. But many questions remain about how the investigation will be carried out and whether a federal crime was committed. Separately, there are questions about what powers the marshal may use to find the person who leaked those documents. Jonathan Amord 
an attorney who practices constitutional and administrative law in Washington, D.C., joins the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss the leaked draft opinion. What, if any, laws were broken and how it will impact the court moving forward. Emore breaks down why people shouldn't be hyperbolic over the leaked draft. It is not a final determination or, or opinion because there are no uh, concurrences, there's no dissent, and as a draft, it's still undergoing, likely undergoing revision. And in any event, even if you uh, give credence to the draft, the draft is a determination that the that the Constitution affords the federal government no power over the issue of abortion, which would put it uh, back in the state's province. So it's certainly not, as many uh, have erroneously claimed, pundits have claimed, a determination that abortion is illegal in America. Certainly not that um, at all. It is a determination that the jurisdiction over abortion is a state matter. But as I said, it's still a draft, so no one should give it uh, any credence as a legal determination yet. Imorn says that the leak definitely came from someone who worked inside the court. It's someone working inside the court that we know. Uh, it is either a justice, as unlikely as that may be, a uh, clerk. There are roughly five or six clerks for each justice, a member of the professional staff, uh, which consist of lawyers, um, or a non-professional staff member. But it came from the court itself. That's very clear. Emore believes that whoever leaked the draft opinion has broken the law. It is a violation of the law. It is an act of obstruction of justice, which is a crime. And it is also perhaps a violation of other laws, but... Um, at a minimum, it would be a basis, uh, in addition to prosecution for obstruction of justice, to uh, disbar someone if, they, if the person who did it is licensed, impeach someone if the person who did it is a justice of the Supreme Court, and um, bar someone from the practice of law uh, or from serving in any uh, government uh, position if they are a lawyer or a a uh, layperson who is working in the uh, court. Emore shares with us what he believes is the reason why the draft opinion was leaked. Very clearly, someone who was not happy with the majority opinion, so that means that it is limits the universe of likely candidates for uh, uh, investigation to those who are affiliated with the minority uh, of the of the justices who would likely vote against it, or a clerk um, working for them, or a, uh, a non-professional staff person who uh, was upset about it. But we're likely to find out soon, and um, the Chief Justice has made clear that there will be uh, an investigation and that uh, he's, he's implied plainly that very serious uh, in light of the seriousness of this, that there'll be actions taken that are significant. Emord went on to say that leaking the draft opinion strikes a blow against the court's deliberative process. 
This is horrendous because it goes to the heart of the deliberative process that is necessary for any court, including the Supreme Court. So justices of the Supreme Court, like judges in any courts, must depend upon a confidential deliberative process where they evaluate various options for decision. Imord also insists that the leaked opinion will now invite outside public and political pressure. That process involves determining the materiality of facts and applying the law to those facts and interpreting the meaning of law. If that is made public as it is here, it invites public pressure and political pressure to become a part of the deliberative process, which skews it and prevents the court from serving its primary role of being a guardian of the Constitution and of the law. Imore goes on to say that a clear punishment must be exacted on the leaker to act as a deterrent. We don't want a politicized court because that destroys uh, justice. It makes it subject to the popular will. And yet this type of thing threatens that. So it has to be prevented. They have to establish very clear sanctions against the person who did this so that there is a deterrent effect that's meaningful for the future. Imore tells the Daybreak Insider podcast that while security measures will be taken for the future, those measures may impede future court decisions. We also need to make sure that this Uh, I'm sure that they will make sure that security measures are taken. Unfortunately, by the addition of those security measures, it will likely interfere with the rapidity with which decisions are made. It may interfere with intra-court communication, and it may even adversely affect the ability to decide cases. So it's not It's really very, very damaging. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito has canceled an appearance at the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals Judicial Conference following the abortion draft opinion leak, according to Reuters. Our special thank you to Jonathan Imord for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. For more information from Jonathan, follow him on Twitter at Jonathan W. Imord. Visit his website at emore.com and you can purchase his new book, Authoritarians, at amazon.com. Senate Democrats next Wednesday will vote for a bill trying to codify the abortion protections in Roe v. Wade. That after a draft Supreme Court opinion leaked this week indicating the court plans to overturn the precedent. Democrat Senator Maria Cantwell says the Senate will vote on legislation that would codify abortion rights into federal law. This week was a political earthquake when it came to the Supreme Court. Now the American people deserve to hear and understand where every member of the United States Senate is on this issue. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar says Democrats may not have the votes to pass a federal bill, but... She says that may change. They may have the majority on the U.S. Supreme Court, but we have the people on our side. And in election time, they always say, don't get mad, vote. Well, we say, get mad and vote. New polling is showing most voters don't want President Biden to run again in 2024. Breaking down the numbers for us, Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett 
A majority of voters think President Biden shouldn't seek re-election in 2024 and that he would lose a rematch with former President Donald Trump by double-digit margins. A new national telephone and online survey by Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute find that 61 percent of likely U.S. voters believe Mr. Biden should not run for a second term as president in 2024. Only 28 percent say President Biden should seek re-election, while another 11 percent are not sure. If the next presidential election were held today and Mr. Biden was running against Mr. Trump, 50 percent would vote for Mr. Trump, while 36 percent would vote for Mr. Biden. Bernie Bennett reporting. Meantime, President Joe Biden announced Thursday afternoon that Principal Deputy Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre will be promoted to White House Press Secretary and Presidential Advisor, effective May 13. The current White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, addressed reporters regarding the announcement. Um, and so uh, I hope uh, that all of you, I've been working with all of you some time, would judge me for my record and how I treat all of you, uh, both in the briefing room and otherwise. And I try to answer questions from everybody um, across the board. I know everybody in the back of the room may not always be pleased with me, but I try my best. Uh, and I will, I will certainly continue to do that. When asked about the reports that she's heading to a position in the media, Saki had this to say. Well, I have nothing again to announce about any conversations or any future plans. Um, And at whatever time I leave the White House, I can promise you the first thing I'm going to do is sleep and spend time with my three and six-year-olds, who are my most important audiences uh, of of all. Um, But I would say, Kristen, that uh, again, I uh, have done, uh, have taken the ethics, legal requirements uh, uh, to the highest uh, very seriously uh, in any discussions and any considerations about any future employment, just as any White House official would. And I have taken steps beyond that to ensure there is no conflict. Insiders are confident that the outgoing White House press secretary is headed to MSNBC. Telecommunications industry groups have ended their bid to block California's net neutrality laws that bars broadband providers from throttling service. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House breaks down the story. In a federal court filing in Sacramento, the groups and California Attorney General Rob Bonta jointly agreed to dismiss the case. The move follows a January federal appeals court decision allowing enforcement of the 2018 law. The measure bans Internet providers from slowing down or blocking access to websites and applications that don't pay for premium service. A World War II soldier finally finds eternal rest. Daybreak Insider's Ron DeRockstra has that story. The remains of Private First Class Edward Benson Jr. were identified earlier this year. The Army Human Resources Command says graveside services are scheduled in Benson's hometown of Roanoke, Virginia for May 14th. Private Benson was assigned to the 1562nd Army Air Force Base Unit in Biak Island, part of what is now Indonesia. He was among 40 service members killed on March 22, 1945, during a Japanese raid on an airstrip. Ron DeRockstra reporting. And finally... Ever wonder what a black hole sounds like? Well, wonder no more. The team at NASA figured it out through the use of sonification, which is the translation of astrological data into notes. The black hole at the heart of Perseus's galaxy cluster is associated with sound. 
This is because astronomers discovered that pressure waves emitted by the black hole generated ripples in the cluster's hot gases that could be translated into a note. This new sound is being released for NASA's Black Hole Week 2022. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.